is the big ponder. Listening to is the sound of living mycelium playing a synthesizer. Mycelium is the vegetative part of a fungus or fungus like bacterial colony, consisting of a mass of branching, thread like hypha. My name is Tosca Turan. I create music with fungi and work with mycelium. Today, I will take you on a sound walk through subjects that interest me biosonification, field recording, and sound ecology. A sound walk sharing different sound worlds and sound as a medium to reflect on our shared multi species. Environment. Sound, when understood as an environment, is a soundscape, a powerful tool. That helps humans relate to their surroundings. When I listen to machine sounds, what I hear is a type of music. Penelope Walcott is a sound designer who works with sounds collected from industrial machinery. Penelope is collaborating with me to create the sonic ecology within the Symbiosis Dysbiosis project. When we think of a natural environment, we think of nature. We think of the stuff that's not man made. And so for me, my way into、uh, symbiosis, dysbiosis, is machines are, were made, were created, invented by people. People are part of nature, therefore, machines are also a part of nature, as we are, as music is. Symbiosis dysbiosis is a fully immersive mixed reality experience working with field recordings and living mycelium biodata sonification. I presented Symbiosis dysbiosis during the Goethe Institute Montreal's New Nature Climate Science Exchange. In May 2020, ecology is、um, anything that interacts that we interact with in the environment. We live in a city,、um, or rather, let's, let's, if we if we talk about living in a remote environment, then it's about how we、um, relate to the flora and fauna that surrounds us, how we how we manage it, how we、uh, 
um, how we engage with it. It's the same thing in the city. Um, there are just slightly more more levels. There's less flora and fauna, but there's the, there's the sound. There, there are the cars. There are the other people that we have to deal with. There's transportation. There are all these things that build um, a particular type of ecology. Wikipedia describes sonification as the use of non-speech audio to convey information or perceptualize data. And I'm thinking about Leslie Garcia and Paloma Lopez of the Interspecifics Collective and their term, biosonification, that I stumbled upon in 2016. It's not only humans that are capable to generate bioelectrical energy. Uh, there are other organisms and bioelectrical energy ends up being some sort of like um, universal language in a sense. So the idea of biosonification was to use these same concepts of influence, uh, control and correlation to produce a system that uh, performs on the bioelectrical activity of several organisms and enables them to have uh, an interface to express their materiality to sound. The myxomycetes, or slime molds, are a group of amoeboid protists considered for many years as a special group of fungi. It started with Faisaru, because uh, before that we started to... We were just looking at plants and bacteria, and it was kind of easy to follow the data. And once um, we started looking at Faisarum, it was really complicated. And then it, it was when, when we started needing some, some digital help. But more um, on the sense of their own materiality. And this is something we we take from, from the Latin American cultures in general, the way our ancestors perceive nature. It's um, a way of uh, interconnected intelligence and elevated uh, perception. So we try to, to approach them from this uh, particular point of view and consider them as important as their human counterparts in the process of work. Chose um, sound as a uh, communication bridge, make us understand all these invisible phenomena that we are not able to grasp. We, we share lots of characteristics of the environment, so that, that gives you a lot of that has given me a lot of insights on my position in the universe and and appreciate a lot more even everyday detail of it. Maybe we could call it a symbiotic relation in, in that way, like, like symbiotic uh, processes describe this way of collaborating we are trying to, to approach from our work and uh, they are embedded in the, in the narrative of, of life as we start knowing, you know, at this time. It's, it's the new paradigm in a way. <laughs> 
It's like you gain the perspective of the other. We started, you know, with this um, signal analysis uh, with bioelectrical organisms, and then we realized that uh, we have a lot of questions on the patterns emerging there. So we sort of move into pattern-looking algorithms to analyze those signals, and then that take us to machine learning um, to be able to explore further those uh, emergencies and events inside the, the phenomena we were observing. And we are there right now. We are sticking to, you know, working together with artificial intelligence, trying to understand artificial intelligence, not as a um, utilitary algorithm, but also as an agency capable of creative processes and trying to find ways of influence these systems together with our information and perspectives. In soundscape studies, keynote sounds are those which are heard enough to form a background against which other sounds are perceived. Often, keynote sounds are not consciously perceived, but they act as conditioning agents in the perception of other sound signals. And I'm thinking of artist Andrea Poli, who went in search of the keynote during an artist residency in Antarctica. There, she interviewed scientists and recorded her time at Taylor Glacier. You know, it's really rare to be able to hear a keynote. I had always been really fascinated by, you know, one day I, I decided to go on a hike and I got my, you know, power bars and got it kind of as far away from the camp as I could and started recording and, and I, heard as I was recording what sounded like a kind of a high-pitched sound and I'm recording this and I'm looking at these beautiful incredible mountains and glaciers surrounding me and just a completely silent place and I thought wow how cool and how wild that you know these these mountains are sounding like this high-pitched sound and it's so weird and I got really excited and recorded a lot actually <laughs> and um got back to camp uh, where I had my computer and a little setup and I was going to listen to it again and I um, got it into my computer and I didn't hear anything and you know and I looked at the the recording image too and it you know there really wasn't any you know, except for a few 
kind of wind noise at times, you know, that that high pitch, it wasn't there. And I got back to New York and I was, um, my friend said, you know, hey, is what John Cage talked about. It's the sound of your nervous system. sculpts data into sound while interspersing interviews she's conducted with climate scientists. There's definitely going to be shifts. And, you know, in those shifts, some places are going to be better places to live. But places are going to be worse to live. And it's going to be a reorganization of, of human civilization. shocked. I was shocked with by finding how sensitive many ecosystems are and how much they could be impacted by climate change in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I felt actually myself, again as a citizen, as an individual, as a human being, an obligation to tell mm-hmm. other people who are willing to listen and uh, who are interested in this topic, and I believe everybody should be, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's their life. I've been doing a lot of research into how nature experiences affect people and specifically affect people positively. And there's a, an aspect of a nature experience that is defined as vibrancy. And I really like that. It's like light on a surface of water, kind of moving in a very beautiful way, or light coming through leaves that are moving, that vibrancy um, that we get in nature that we don't really get in a built environment. Soundscapes can be made to inform the listener. They can sonically share data And they also, like all music, can elicit an emotional response. It's Saturday. Just about noon. February 15th. 1992. The pipe captures all sounds and transforms them. The definition of ecologist is a person who studies the natural relationships between the air, land, water, 
animals, plants, or a scientist who studies how animals and plants interact with their environment. And I'm thinking about Hildegard Westerkamp, who refers to herself as a sound ecologist and what sound ecology means to her. It really has to do with being one of many people to attend to the issues of soundscape, the issues of the sound environment, the quality of the sounds that we put out there, and as, as societies, as individuals, um, uh, wanting to learn to become responsible as sound makers and listeners um, equally in this world. Listening with someone else's ears. I think of non-human flora and fauna and fungi and their perception of our shared environment. There are different ears out there. Uh, when, when we do sound walks, um, I, I mean, I've done so many sound walks over the years, and in the discussions afterwards, you realize that every human being hears differently. Absolutely, psychologically, physically. And um, this may come out in a discussion where that person has heard that whole entire sound work completely differently than anybody else. Or, psychologically speaking, one person may have noticed a sound that the other person completely ignored. So that's among humans. That's the social kind of difference in ears. So I think we can extend that and say, of course, every being in this world, every animal, every plant, every font, everything, perceives the world through its own organs. And I think it's a really important place to become aware of, especially nowadays. Um, we absolutely need to stand back as human beings and imagine what the rest of living beings on this earth perceive and how they survive, how they fit into the entire system. And, you know, I mean, biologists, scientists, everybody has worked on this ecologically already for years and has warned us of what's happening. Imagine, Imagine moving, moving through, through a day, day of, of your life, life listening, listening to someone, someone else's, else's ears. ears. Very special to give yourself time to listen to the environment like that. And of course, sound works do exactly that. They invite you to, to listen uh, for longer times. And the, the point is that the longer you listen, the more you get immersed. Slow down for a moment and make time for listening. Claire audience, hearing something that is not present to the ear but regarded as having objective reality in pursuit of clairaudience. Simply speaking, it actually just means clear hearing. And if we just stick to the, that term, um, it, clear hearing involves more than listening to sounds. It, refer, it really refers to hearing everything that belongs to a sound. Its place, its body, its tone, its length of time, um, its message, its entire context. So 
clear audience on that level is very much clear hearing the reality around you. The sounds emerge. quite important to be unconscious of disappearing sounds just as we have to be conscious of disappearing species. I'm going to lead you through this park today but in a rather different way this time. Emily Carr used to paint the BC forest. With her words, I will lead you through this forest today. Nothing is still now. Life is sweeping through the spaces. Everything is alive. The air is alive. The silence is full of sound. composer R. Murray Schaefer. I would like to thank you for joining me on today's Soundwalk. I would like to extend big thanks to the artists Penelope Walcott, Leslie Garcia, and Paloma Lopez, Andrea Pauli, and Hildegard Westerkamp for sharing their work and process with us. Please refer to the episode notes for links to the artists' works and to learn more about them. Today's Soundwalk was created by myself, Tosca Turan, with production assistance from Nancy Pedaniccio and final mixdown by Antonin Weiss. What you are listening to is Agathis australis, commonly known by its Maori name, Kauri. I recorded Kauri biodata sonification during a visit to the Arataki Visitor Center in Titarangi, New Zealand, 2019. 
During my recordings, I met Maori ranger Joss. Joss told me that the sound she was hearing from the gallery could be referred to as Rongoa, healing, feeling, cleansing. I leave you, dear listeners, with Rongoa. Listening to the Big Ponder. This transatlantic podcast is brought to you by the Goethe Institute in collaboration with the Bertelsmann Foundation and Rundfunk Berlin Brandenburg. Thanks to all our friends on both sides of the Big Pond that make this series possible.